I trust you all have had a blessed week and uh, looking forward to what God has for us in his house today. So do pray for a missions conference. That the Lord would work in our hearts uh, for the lost in, in the mission field. James chapter 1 this morning. Um, this is going to be a tough lesson for me. Uh, honestly, I wanted to skip over it, uh, but the Lord kept bringing it to my mind. And, and uh, so honestly, I think the message is probably more for me this morning, uh, this lesson and some of the things that I studied over this week and even things that aren't even in the, uh, the notes that I have this morning. But um, I was kind of struggling and I told my wife, I said, I'm just having a hard time with this lesson this morning. And she said, well, what is it about? And I said, slow to wrath. And I'm not joking, she started laughing. She went straight to a a deep belly laugh. Um, I said, what are you laughing about? And she's like, you go from zero to a thousand instantly. And uh, and then she proceeded to tell me how she's been working on it and she's much better than she has. And I said, all right. So my wife that I was looking for encouragement and help, I didn't feel that way when I did, but the reality is it did help me because the truth hurts. And so pray for me this morning as, as we look at this. And, and honestly, we're going to look at several things this morning and, and hopefully in the end, I bring it to a, a, an application for us. Um, but slow to wrath is something that I think many folks struggle with, but we can be set off immediately and we don't have a righteous wrath. Um, and we need to be very careful about how we respond and allow our emotions uh, to potentially control us. And so this morning, James chapter 1, we'll just pick up kind of there in verse 18 and read down through um, <clears throat> verse 21. And uh, just kind of reading a few verses around it. Uh, obviously, most of our time will be spent in verse 19. But it says, Of his own will begot he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the challenge that this has been uh, in my life. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help me. And Lord, now as we uh, take a few moments to... Focus on this subject of slow to wrath. I pray that you would be preeminent, Lord, that nothing would be said that you would not be of you. And Lord, that you would just do a work in our hearts. And Lord, help us to gain something from the Word of God to be more Christ-like today. And we'll thank you for it. And and Father, we do pray this week that you'd meet with us. Lord, we've uh, spent or set special time aside, Lord, to focus on missions this week. And we ask, Lord, for you to do a work in our hearts. Lord, give us a burden for the lost. Lord, those around us each and every day, but also for those, uh, Lord, outside of our community. And Lord, I pray that we would get serious about the work of the ministry. Lord, and get serious about the work of missions. Do work in each and every heart this week. Bless now in Sunday school. Be with each teacher. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, We find three admonitions here in James 19. We talked briefly kind of about uh, being swift to, to hear last week and Uh, slow to speak, and then the third one, slow to wrath. And I believe from the context of these admonitions and how they're given here, 
Uh, it's kind of wrapped up in a sandwich, if you will, in verse 18 about receiving the word of truth or with the word of truth, the Lord begets us. And then um, verse 20, it says the wrath of men, or 21, wherefore lay apart all filthiness and honest, receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. So I still think it's in context to the reception of God's word, right? Uh, maybe we, uh, when God rebukes us from his word, we need to be careful how we respond. Uh, when the preacher gets up and he teaches or preaches on something, do you respond in anger or wrath? Uh, so I, I definitely believe there's that application here. And I'm not going to focus a lot on that this morning. Um, <clears throat> but we need to humbly and calmly be receptive to God's word. Um, uh, it's really that simple. Uh, we're going to concentrate on the idea this morning of being slow to wrath. And the reason for that is verse 20. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. If we're not careful, we will be doing things that are contrary to the work of God because of our response in, in our anger or our wrath. And so, um, <clears throat> wrath, Webster's 828, 1828. Uh, violent anger, vehement exasperation, indignation. And it says this, the effects of anger. Uh, and it has the idea of the just punishment of an offense or a crime, and it gives us the examples of God's wrath in Scripture and His holy and just indignation against sin. Um, <clears throat> wrath that we see here in, in the Greek, uh, in James, in our, in our text this morning, is uh, the Greek word orge. Uh, Strong's defines that as desire, uh, in in Parentheses, as it's reaching forth or excitement of the mind, i.e. violent passion, uh, by implication punishment, uh, anger, indignation, indignation, vengeance, wrath. Uh, this word here is translated in our uh, King James Bibles sometimes as anger, vengeance, or indignation. That word orge uh, is at least one time vengeance and one other time indignation, a few times anger I saw, but... Um, <clears throat> Then there's this other Greek word, uh, thomos, I believe it's pronounced, uh, and that is also translated as wrath in our English language, and the idea there is fierceness, indignation, and it says wrath. Um, and I'm just going to give you a quick definition of indignation this morning. Indignation, anger or extreme anger, mingled with contempt, disgust, or abhorrence. And uh, so... You'd be proud of me, brother. I got it to work. Thank you. Thank you for your tips. It's helpful. I'm going electronic, saving paper. So, yeah, the Green New Deal. Cindy's got a reusable mug for the coffee shop. We just love the earth, you know. So, um, the Bible says much about anger and wrath. I don't know why I say stuff like that in Sunday school. Forgive me. Um, squirrel. But uh, the Bible says much about this idea of wrath or anger in the Old Testament. I'm going to read several passages of scriptures. And, and if you would just bear with me, like I said, I think this is more for me uh, than it is really. Uh, obviously, it's Bible, right? It's applicable uh, to each one of us. And, and if I struggle with it, the, uh, the reality is other people probably do. And, and so uh, sometimes it's hard. It, it's really hard to admit that you struggle with something. And... Uh, <clears throat> So I'm going to read a lot of verses, and hopefully as we get to the end of this, we'll tie it together. 
uh, with an application that would help us uh, to be better in this area uh, through God's help. So in the Old Testament, we see Psalms 37.8. There's a lot of warnings against wrath and anger in our Bible, and we would do well to heed these. It says, Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. Uh, listen, it would seem that these emotions of, of anger or wrath would stir things up in us that would cause us to do evil. Uh, and we would be careful. It says to cease from those things, forsake wrath. He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly. So my wife, in, in, her, in her sincerity today, didn't realize it, but in that passenger seat of the car was calling me a fool. Uh, but I needed to hear it. Um, sometimes we don't like to hear what we need to hear. And so, but listen, the Bible tells us that he that is soon angry dealeth foolishly. And a man of wicked devices is hated. Proverbs 14, 29, he that is slow to wrath is of great understanding. Boy, I, I must be missing something. Uh, my understanding's lacking because I might not be slow to wrath. Uh, he that is slow to wrath is of great understanding. Look what it says, but he that is hasty of spirit exalteth folly. Boy, when you're quick to respond out of frustration or anger, uh, we're exalting folly. Uh, we need to be careful. Proverbs 15, 18, a wrathful man stirreth up strife. Boy, we don't want to be guilty of that. But he that is slow to anger appeaseth strife. And as I read these verses and as I was looking at, at, at the scriptures, I can't tell you how convicting it was to read these things. And to go back and recount in my mind the times where, unfortunately, I have to admit it, at work, I would respond in a way in anger and stir things up. It was convicting to think that, Lord, help me. And, and so, um, <clears throat> this is not in my notes, but Brother George is a blessing. Uh, glad to have you folks with us. But I, every Sunday, every Wednesday, whenever I talk to that man, he's got some convicting words. And uh, he was talking about praising the Lord this morning. And, and uh, <clears throat> oftentimes, um, <laughs> we're so focused on ourselves rather than the Lord. And so when we respond in a way, and we'll, we'll kind of touch on it here in a few moments, it has nothing to do with us responding with a righteous anger in defense of our God. It's because we've benefited. And so he just reminded me, this. he doesn't even know, he didn't even know what I was going to talk about this morning, but he said, it's all about the Lord and praising Him and putting Him first when we get into the Word of God. And so as you are in the Word of God, I hope you're reading it to continue in it and to do it. Uh, and if that's the case, you can't help but be convicted. You're, it's going to point out some things. Anyway, uh, a wrathful man stirreth up strife, but he that is slow to anger appeaseth strife. Proverbs 16.32 says this, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh the city. Boy, if we can control our anger, if we can be slow to it, uh, we're better than the mighty. Excuse me, Proverbs 19.19, A man of great wrath shall suffer punishment, for if thou deliver him, yet thou must do it again. A man of great wrath shall suffer punishment, for if thou deliver him, yet thou must do it again. Boy, this person is known as a repeat offender. Boy, you, you, certain things, you set them off. You have to deal with it all over again. You know, we need to be careful. <clears throat> Proverbs 22, verses 24 and 25 says, Make no friendship with an angry man, 
and with a furious man thou shalt not go, lest thou learn his ways and get a snare to thy soul. Hey, we shouldn't be hanging around these folks. Boy, so here I am, I got an issue with this, and I don't know, people shouldn't even be hanging around me. I might rub off on them. Uh, listen, we, we need to remember our, our communications uh, could corrupt us uh, in our good works. And Ecclesiastes 7.9 says, Be not hasty in the spirit to be angry, for anger resteth in the bosom of fools. Uh, I don't want to be counted as a fool. Here's a couple of New Testament references, and Paul wrote, uh, to the Romans here, it says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Sometimes we just allow God to take care of business. Yes, yes, we don't need to respond. We don't need to try to uh, step up and, and deal with the situation, but allow God to do it. Uh, boy, we would be so much better off, uh, but then we have to be slow to speak, right? Uh, boy, if that anger, it makes it even harder to to be slow to speak when you allow that anger to, to well up in you. <clears throat> Paul includes it in the works of the flesh in Galatians, verses 19 through 21. It says this, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envying, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. That list of horrible, terrible things... And what's lumped in there with it all? Wrath, anger, our, our, our temperament, I guess, if you want to say it that way. Uh, boy, we would uh, really have it out with a murderer. But when God looks at it, it's like these are the works of the flesh. And, and of course, we know where to cast those things off uh, and to put those things off. And, and they ought not be a part of the life of a Christian. He, Paul, in, here in Ephesians, he tells us to put it away. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Similarly, in Colossians, we see in verse 8, in chapter 3, it says, But now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communications out of your mouth. So having said all that, we also need to note that Paul uh, gives, says something about anger in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, which gives us cause that there might be a certain kind of anger um, that would be appropriate at times. And Paul in Ephesians 4.26 says this, Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. And so uh, the presence of anger in our life or that emotion that might arise may not necessarily be sin in and of itself, but how we act out. It says be angry, so there's that presence of anger, but he says then sin not. And so this can be present in our lives, and I hope to make it, uh, help you to understand it, because the Bible tells us that our God gets angry, uh, but he does not sin. And so um, now we know that the, the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. So uh, it's a different anger, I think. And, and hopefully I can capture that for you this morning. Uh, Jesus expressed anger. We know that he responded to the money changers in the temple in John chapter 3, or excuse me, John chapter 2. And he dealt with them uh, because he had made the, they had made the temple a den of thieves. And he dealt very harshly with them. Um, we know that he was a very critical 
or uh, angered by the hypocritical scribes and the Pharisees. There's an example of that in Matthew chapter 23, verses 13 through uh, 36. Um, so in both Testaments, God is presented as a God of anger as well as a God of love. And so here's, here's a bunch more scriptures for you. Psalm chapter 78, uh, <clears throat> verse 49 through 51. Uh, he, asked, he cast upon them the fierceness of his anger, wrath and indignation and trouble, by sending evil angels among them. He made a way to his anger. He spared not their soul from death, but gave their life over to the pestilence and smote all the firstborn in Egypt, the chief of their strength, in the tabernacles of Ham. If you go further down in, in uh, Psalm 78, in verses 58 through 61, for they provoked him to anger with their high places and moved him uh, to jealousy with their graven image. When God heard this, he was wroth and greatly abhorred Israel, so that he forsook the tabernacle of Shiloh and the tent which he placed among men and delivered his strength into captivity and his glory into the enemy's hand. Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 25 says this, Therefore, is the anger of the Lord kindled against his people, and he hath stretched forth his hand against them, and hath smitten them, and the hills did tremble, and their carcasses were torn in the midst of the streets. For all this anger is not, for all this his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. Some New Testament for you. Romans chapter 1, verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from the heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Romans 2, we'll read uh, verses 4 through 11. Our Lord despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. But after thy hardness and impotent heart, treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath, <clears throat> excuse me, and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his deeds, to them who by patient continuance in well-doing, seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil, of the Jew first and also of the Gentiles, but glory, honor and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile, for there is no respect of persons with God. So we see the characters of God's love and anger and wrath uh, throughout the Bible. And so how do we reconcile these thoughts? Um, <clears throat> there's anger and wrath and folly and something to put away. Uh, we need to put away our, our anger or there's folly in, in our anger. Uh, with those passages that speak of anger on the part of God. Uh, Christ even and then even the Christian it would appear in, in Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, so let's take a closer look. So concerning the anger of God. God's anger is always a just reaction to evil. Um, this is clearly pointed out, and, and I read those verses in, in Romans 1.18, but if you, in, if you really read chapter 1, uh, verses 18, down through chapter 2 and verses 11, we won't take the time to do that this morning. We can see that God's response of anger is always uh, due to evil. Uh, Listen, God is divine and all-knowing. Uh, his wrath is never misguided. We cannot say the same for ourselves. Uh, not even close, I, I, I'm afraid to admit. Um, <clears throat> and so, um, 
he is capable of properly directing his wrath or his anger because he is perfect and he's not, he's capable. We are not capable of that really in and of ourselves. Like I said, there might be a righteous anger that we can have in, in certain circumstances, but um, the reality is we are uh, not at the same level as God is and able to control ourselves uh, when we have circumstances or situations that raise up anger or wrath into in us, those emotions. Uh, within our carnal nature, uh, for sure, and, and really in our imperfections as Christians, we are not capable, like God is capable to do this. Um, our anger is often misguided uh, due to ignorance maybe uh, or just because we're too quick to respond. Uh, my wife, when we were in the car, um, she, she reminded me there are certain times that I'm especially prone to do this. Uh, she mentioned when I'm tired, if I wake up, and something has been going on, she said, you often respond without knowing all the facts. Oh, boy, that's convicting to hear, right? Nobody. But listen, the reality is, for us, we can be misguided in how we respond because maybe there was a circumstance that got us to a point and we just respond incorrectly. We respond in sin. Uh, because we don't have all the information and we are not God and we are unable to understand everything, and, and maybe we are ignorant of things. Uh, have you ever been angry about something, and then later you find yourself regretting it because your anger was really an error? I have. Uh, you feel stupid. Uh, like, how ridiculous. I can't believe I acted that way. I get, and, and maybe I've been there sometimes when I didn't even say anything and people didn't even know. I didn't express any of it. But inside, I was so angry and full of wrath and just wanted to take some action. Thank God I didn't. But the reality is those feelings were still within me. That's sin. Uh, we need to be careful. Um, and it goes back to allowing God to deal with situations in his time and knowing that he is perfect, knowing that he will not be misled in his response in dealing with the situation. And, and Lord, help us. Um, how foolish have I felt before in those situations? At the time, I felt so justified and I'm right and I need to take action. And when time goes on and all of the situation is known, boy, you're an idiot. Uh, Lord, help us. And so concerning, so uh, God's perfect, and we can say the same thing that we said about God, about our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, you know, he, he had an ability to know the hearts of men. Uh, John 2, verses 24 and 25 says this, but Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men and needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. So when we see the Lord responding in a certain way that might, we might want to justify our response in a similar manner, uh, we again are not perfect like our Lord and we don't know everything. And, and so we, uh, listen, I, I, we've all known the angry preacher. You know, they're, they're out there. They exist. You know, and it seems like every message is just, oh, you know, hellfire and brimstone and just deal with them, God. Deal with them, Lord. Bring down the wrath and and that is not the character of our God. 
that's an aspect of it. But again, it's when God is dealing with sin and wickedness. The flip side is, and I'm going to show you this hopefully when we close here in a few minutes, is regardless of the situation going on, God is still forbearing and long-suffering and loving. And he only responds in wrath. And really, we know God's going to pour out his wrath in the end. Um, and, and so the thing, so Christ is the same when he dealt with people on this earth. And, you, and, and we don't really have the time. I looked at several verses this week as I was preparing, but our Lord was so patient and so long-suffering and, and good grief. Uh, <clears throat> he had the divine knowledge, uh, the all-knowing ability to understand what every situation was taking place. He could not mistakenly, mistakenly direct his wrath or anger. It would never be an error because he knew. Uh, we, don't, we don't benefit from that characteristic. Uh, <clears throat> and in the example of his anger, there is nothing of self-interest. That's probably where it hits home the hardest. We tend to get angry about things because uh, it's kind of common today. Don't be disrespected me. Anybody heard that? Right? You disrespect People are shooting each other because they got disrespected. So anger, this wrath, malice, this stuff that wells up in us. And oftentimes it's of a selfish interest. That was never our Savior. He was always angry because something was against God. He was angered against the unrighteousness in those things that abhorred our God. Those are the things that made him angry. He was angry, but only for God's honor. Uh, and we can't say that we're always there. I think that's the difference. When we see that God is, is, is full of wrath or he pours out his wrath or he's angry or, or our Lord, we see examples of that. Uh, it's because they're angry at the sin and the things that are taking place. We can always say that we're angry only at the sin. I know I can. Sometimes I just want to smack my kid. For my self-satisfaction. Uh, hey, let's be honest, right? Sometimes, you know, uh, well, I'm going to take this kid and I am going to choke him to death. Uh, thank God that he has given me some patience. But, but listen, and, and oftentimes it has nothing to do. I, I, maybe it's because I'm still raising kids that this is, is the illustration I have, but... If my intent was truly to train my kids to honor God with their life, my response oftentimes would be much more patient and forbearing as we see exampled by our Lord. But because in my flesh I want something dealt with now, I often burst out in anger. Because I want solutions now because I'm not satisfied with the situation. But if I was really being spiritual about the matter, I would respond in a way that says, listen, let's deal with this and bring you back in line with where God wants you to be. But that's not, as parents, where we always stay. And Lord, help us to be in that place. Uh, and we can make that application uh, across coworkers. Uh, our relationship with our wife, our husband, our spouse, uh, those relationships that, that we have in life. So if you don't have kids or your kids are gone, uh, that doesn't mean this isn't a problem. 
but listen, what is the real root uh, solution that is needed? Well, they need to get back to God. And so our response needs to lead them to that point, not satisfy what our desire is for the outcome of that at that moment. I know, for the point of not laboring there, let's move on. When he was personally abused, he did nothing. I'm talking about our Lord. His anger was always due to sin. In those things, it was never because he was personally being attacked. Let me remind you, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 21 and 23 through 23. It's for even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us. Here it is, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not but committed himself to him that judges righteously. He said, I'm going to allow God to take care of the matter. Uh, be very careful to respond when you're personally attacked. That's probably one of the, uh, the most common po- moments where our anger is arisen and we're prone to lash out. And, and the reality is we lash out in sin if we're not careful. And, and God help us to follow the example of our Savior and just to take it patiently and allow God to do the work. Uh, <clears throat> but when it was against God, he displayed his righteous anger, if you will. Uh, again, man often uses anger improperly. Uh, so, listen, we remain silent when sin is exalted and God is dishonored. But get angry when someone offends us personally. And I'm afraid too often what we justify as righteous indignation is really self-righteous indignation because we've been offended. Uh, Sometimes we talk about having thick skin. We need to let things roll off our back. Let God deal with it. And so that brings us, I mentioned Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 26. It says, be angry and sin not. And I think that's really the reality of it. We can be faced with circumstances that cause us to be angry. But we are responsible for how we respond. And it says, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Um, Later on in that chapter, it says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. So he says, be angry and sin not. And then later on in the same chapter, a few verses later in verse 31, he says uh, to, to put those things away. It says, put away from you. And so uh, my understanding really here is rather than justifying anger to be directing, uh, verse 26 is not giving us the ability to justify our anger, um, but really it's helping us know how to deal with it when it arises in our hearts. So when that wells up in us, what do we do? Um, It says first, pretty simple, right? And sin not. Uh, For some, that's shut your mouth. For some, that's put your hands in your pockets. Um, uh, Whatever the case may be. It says, and sin not. Uh, The emotion must be controlled. Do not allow uh, it to manifest in a sinful way. 
Uh, and that can be difficult. That can be a challenge. And obviously, we need the Holy Spirit's help. We need God's help in, in allowing us to control, to be temperate, to be, have self-control. Um, <clears throat> but we need to be very careful that we don't say or do something wrong when this emotion wells up in us. And I think a lot of times, if you just admit that you struggle in this area, that's the beginning of understanding, hey, the, these things are starting to frustrate me. Lord, help me. And, and turn to our God for help and in his support to deal with our emotions. Uh, and it says, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Uh, we need to deal with the emotion before nightfall. Don't allow that thing to fester. I've went to bed angry. Those weren't very good nights of rest. But that thing sits there and festers, and, and boy, then the next morning you wake up and you're almost in a rage. If you're not careful, we, we need to deal with this before we go to bed at night. Uh, don't allow the, the thing to fester. And, and why not? Because that gives Satan ample opportunity to tempt us to sin. In verse 27, it says, neither give place to the devil. Ephesians 4.27. Boy, when we do that, when we refuse to deal with these emotions... And, and really, the reality is we fail to trust God to deal with the situation... Because we want to deal with it ourselves. But if, if we would just say, God, I'm going to turn these circumstances over to you. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to trust you to deal with this. Dispel our anger. Dispel our wrath. Boy, we can go to bed at night sleeping well. It's in your hands, Lord. And guess what? The devil does not have a foothold on us because we're not dwelling and allowing that thing to fester in our lives. <clears throat> This isn't a justification. I've heard people say, be angry and sin not, almost like it was justified to be angry. I don't believe that at all. So as we close this morning, we would do well to remember the admonition, admonition here in James to be slow to wrath. Because we know that the wrath of God may accomplish the righteousness of God. God can do things in his wrath, that are righteous, but we cannot. Look at verse 20. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. When we allow wrath or our anger to well up and to work in our lives, we're really opposing the work of God. Um, and, and I've seen that displayed, uh, right? You know that coworker I got angry at? It's a lot harder to witness to him. Boy, you're going to share Christ, this loving Savior, with me? What's he done for you? Uh, you apparently, you need some work yet. And, of course, we can work through that, right? I, I know I'm not perfect, and, and, I, and believe me, my coworkers know. Um, uh, but, uh, listen, we need God's help in this area. Uh, the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. And so following the example of Christ, there may be a place to be angry. Right? We, we can be angry at sin. Uh, in those things that are pertaining to the honor of God and God's will. And, uh, but we need to re remember this. I want to remind you of Ephesians 4.32. There, just a few verses after, be angry and sin not. It says, and be ye kind one to another. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. We aren't perfect. 
we need to be forgiving. And I found this example in Mark chapter 3 of our Savior, and I thought this was applicable uh, to this morning's lesson. Mark chapter 3 and verse 5, it says this, And when he had looked around about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he saith unto the man, Stretch forth thine hand, and he stretched it out, and his hand was restored whole as the other. Our Savior, as he went along his earthly ministry, there were things that caused him to be angered. We see that example here in Mark. But you know what? He never allowed that to distract him from ministering to the needs of the people. There were those around that caused him to be angered and frustrated. But how did he respond? In forgiveness and love and healing. This morning, when when things frustrate you, when you're prone to, to be angry, how do you respond? Do you respond in wrath or frustration and anger because you're going to be right? Or do you respond with that Ephesians 4.32 spirit? Tenderhearted, forgiving, knowing that your Savior has forgiven you of so much. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for this lesson. I pray, Lord, that you would help me to make application in my life. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to be the Christians. Lord, that although we know sin abounds, and it can be angering, frustrating, but Lord, help us to respond like our Savior in love and tenderheartedness. And Lord, be a witness of the love of God in the people around us. Lord, help us to have a good testimony. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be slow to anger. Father, we pray for your blessing on the service to follow. We ask that you be with the preaching of your word. Lord, I pray that you would give a holy spirit filling from on high, that the word of God would have free course, and Lord, that the hearts would be receptive and tender. And Lord, pray for the singing and the music. Lord, I pray that it would all glorify you. Bless the junior churches as well. We ask that you do work in our midst. Draw each one near to you. Save the lost, work in the heart of the believer. In Jesus' name, amen.